Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school. And that is what this podcast is designed to do. To educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only. To learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, business. And as you know, every time you listen to the podcast, you hear about in the introduction about these four jobs. The four jobs of every human are to earn and manage money, to build and sustain personal relationships, to attain and maintain health and fitness, and to find meaning and make a difference, otherwise purpose. And so we usually cover a lot with purpose and we often cover uh, a whole bunch with health and fitness obviously and some with personal relationships as well there's some a lot of overlap there but one of the things we rarely touch on is the business aspect of things um, or the earning money aspect of things and so obviously i'm an entrepreneur and this is going to be on that and as you know i oftentimes ask you all I'm, i'm constantly getting dms and emails in asking for me to cover certain topics. I'm always having conversations with friends and family about certain things. And usually when something starts coming up again and again, I end up doing a podcast on it. It's why I usually ask you to send me your questions and uh, things that you want me to cover because it just kind of helps me, um, you know, think about what I'm going to cover in the podcast. Well, lately I've been having a lot of discussions around marketing and branding and everything else. Now, of all my areas of expertise, I would say this one is the weakest, right? Um, I am not uh, what I would consider an expert in this arena, but I have deep um, sort of experience with this. And I work with some of the best experts in the world at this, with my company, Metabolic Living, which I have part ownership in. Uh, my two business partners there have been in the health and fitness space and crushing it for a very long time and have helped many of the very big names that you would all know start their uh, sort of trajectories in health and fitness. And so I get a front row seat with some of the best experts uh, sort of in the world. And I have deep experience uh, running uh, companies. I've run a boot camp, I've run a clinic, I've run a gym. I've run a health and fitness company. I've had several internet brands, including Metabolic Effect, Time Millionaires, Next Level Human, which is my latest uh, sort of uh, venture. Obviously, I work with, like I just mentioned, uh, some of the best marketers uh, on the planet, basically, in uh, over at Metabolic Living. And what I'm going to do here is sort of give you some insight into some of the big lessons Um, that I have learned and also the way that I see this. And I am going to point you to some of the people who I do consider um, the major experts who are out there teaching um, this stuff as well. Hopefully I'll remember to do that at the end of this uh, podcast. But I really want to focus mainly because the question has been coming up a lot mainly is, Jade, how do you come up with your brands? And, you know, um, this idea of some of these very cool brands that I have personally come up with. Now, I will say this, those of you who know me back from my Metabolic Effect days, which I sold that company and merged with Metabolic Living, Metabolic Effect was not a brand that I came up with. That brand was um, devised by a very close friend of mine, uh, uh, John Stevens, who um, he, he does, he's, a, he's considered one of the best calligraphers, scribes in the world, actually. But he's also a um, kind of a branding genius. And actually what I'm doing right now is I'm going to just make sure I have his, um, 
his uh, Instagram feed up. He is um, at Calligraphile is his Instagram handle, C-A-L-L-I-G-R-A-P-H-I-L-E. He's a lettering artist and a calligrapher, but he's also a teacher. He's an author. He has a book and he also is a close friend of mine and someone and a close family friend and someone who basically is the brains behind metabolic effect of the brand. So this idea of metabolic effect being ME. Uh, uh, so he gets credit for that particular brand. But as I started to learn more, I created other brands. And so Time Millionaires and Next Level Human were brands uh, 100% my work and sort of my understanding. And so uh, and Metabolic Living, of course, which is now going to be changed to Metabolic.com, uh, is, of course, Mark and Jeff, uh, you know, my business partner, sort of brainchild, along with uh, incorporating some of the stuff I did at Metabolic Effect. But I really want to talk a little bit about branding um, for individuals, because when you look out there in the world, and we are in an interesting place, perhaps this is why this is coming up a lot here lately, is that obviously with COVID, a lot of people have decided that they're going to move into um, the internet space, either by necessity, because they've you know sort of moved on from their jobs, or um, wanting to understand how those of us who have been in the internet space a long time make money at this and how we have built our brands. So a lot of people are wanting to start their own businesses. And of course, we now live in the age of social media, which means social media becomes um, part of what our brand's uh, personality is. It's the front-facing personality of our uh, companies, right? You know, so they, we need to have a presence on social media. Uh, I have some of my opinions about what social media is good for marketing-wise and what it is not good for marketing-wise. And I personally have done a lot of very silly things uh, and, and you know uh, things that a lot of you will raise your eyebrows at. And of course, I'm always uh, wanting to be as transparent and as honest as I can. So I'll share a little bit about my purchasing of um, followers and um, also advertising for followers and some of the things that I've done for better or worse in the health and fitness space and pass on those lessons for you in terms of branding and marketing and stuff like that, because I have a lot to say there. And as my ex-wife, Jill Coleman, who runs at Jill Fit, who also is an internet marketer, always likes to say, she says, I'm reckless in a sense, because she's like, you'll try anything, right? And you, you kind of are reckless a little bit, meaning that you know, I've done some things in the social media platforms that can get me banned. And so if you ever see that I've all, I've all of a sudden disappeared from social media, you kind of know why. Because my approach is, and I kind of have that luxury because I make my money elsewhere other than just the brand Jade Tita. Um, you know, so Jade Tita is sort of a luxury. It's not really a brand. It's sort of just uh, sort of my front facing you know, personality that sort of uh, has tentacles in different areas. If you follow me at Jade Tita, then you know, okay, I do a lot of, with mindset, you know, philosophy, psychology, um, what I would call mindset, muscle and metabolism. The muscle piece is my old sort of personal training background. And obviously I still make an awful lot of money and marketing through my workout programs. A lot of you who follow this podcast do my workout programs still. Um, and of course, uh, Metabolism, which is, you know, the idea of training physicians and other healthcare practitioners in the new science of metabolism. And also a lot of my work at Metabolic Living, all my work uh, sort of in terms of the public facing work that I do is now at Metabolic Living or Metabolic.com. Um, that particular work is there uh, as well. But I want to share all that stuff with you. And one of the things that pops up here is that, well, how do you think about branding now, Jade? So, when most people start, uh, where, what, they, what they tend to do is they tend to have their own experience, right? And so I'll probably uh, talk an awful lot about the health and fitness world because that's my uh, sort of place where I came from. But this is, uh, you know, this could be any business. But what we try to do is we, we tend to, when we're sort of green around the edges, we go, well, this is what worked for me and this is my experience and I'm going to sell based on that experience. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do see some major things that people, major blocks that people get into when they think about business this way. Because what happens is, however they have uh, talked about 
their experience and their own sort of um, trial and error process in their own personal journey having to do with finance and health and fitness and personal relationships or purpose and meaning, which to me are the four jobs. And by the way, ironically and perhaps interestingly, and it dawned on me after coming up with the brand Next Level Human and these four jobs, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. These are the four areas where almost where most all of the money is made in Internet business. People pay for services in finance, health and fitness, personal relationships and purpose and meaning. And really in that hierarchical order in terms of how much money you, you'll make. People who teach other people how to make money tend to be able to charge the most and be in the most in demand. Health and fitness is more of a commodity type business, but it's huge and there's a lot of money in there. So I would rank that as the number two area where people make money online and number two area where you can really do things, health and fitness. And then of course, personal relationships, a little bit more tricky um, because it's a little bit more soft and you know, people tend to go, well, I know, you know um, what I know and I don't need to learn how to be with humans or have romance. So that oftentimes has to do with finding romance, getting over breakups, but people will pay for that. And then of course, self-development, which is even softer in a sense. It's people pay money for this. Obviously, there's a huge personal development and self-development is a huge thing in the book world. There haven't been a whole lot of people yet other than people like Tony Robbins and things like that who have monetized that in a very big way, uh, sort of online. And of course, um, we'll talk a little bit about that, but these are the, the four areas where you really want to think about. So I oftentimes, have other people ask me, you know, they'll do businesses like literally I've had people who are knitters who knit and they want to do a podcast on knitting or, you know, um, some other niche sort of field. And I oftentimes say, well, yes, you could do that. But the big money is going to be in those in these four areas. And so there are people obviously making money in those areas like, you know, dog training, for example, is a big one that's coming on sort of line where there's a lot of dog trainers who are making lots of money sort of online. And, and there's lots of different niches, but those are the four big ones. Now, back to what I was saying before, when most people get involved with this, they simply begin through their own experience and they have a particular language that they use. And so that language is the language that they begin to teach or think about their brand through. And this, I think, is the first mistake that people make. Um, because what happens is they'll come up with names like Keto Chef, for example. Like if they're a chef and they're very much interested and or had results with the keto diet. And what they don't oftentimes realize is that by coming up with a name like Keto Chef or Paleo Girl or at Vicky the Vegan or anything like this, that this can um, pigeonhole you in a sense. For example, um, oftentimes we as humans evolve and our brands evolve. And so we may not necessarily um, in five years from now or 10 years from now, keto might not be a thing. And it's, it's you know, we have these, it may be less of a place where people want to spend their money. And so uh, wouldn't it be better if we were more like uh, healthchef.com or um, something like fitgirl.com or at nutrition PhD or something like that, right? Something a little bit more broad that we can grow into. So it's one thing uh, that I see here is that you'll see a lot of those kind of things where people will use their own experience or use what they're currently excited about, create a brand around that, and then outgrow it or realize that they're, uh, you know, sort of in an area that is uh, very challenging because there's all kinds of people talking about keto. Like you'll, you'll see people like the fastingmd.com and stuff like that. Well, these things can, you have to be careful about that because they can pigeonhole you in a sense. And oftentimes our brands uh, evolve. And so I certainly went through this with metabolic effect. People started seeing metabolic effect as synonymous with Jade Tita. Um, and then I started thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to do different brands, I really want to kind of make Jade Tita its own entity. So making my name my brand and then having other brands. So for example, maybe the chef is the name, right? So let's say, you know, it's, you know, um, 
Jade Tita, I'm a chef, so I would just be at Jade Tita. But then I would have a, my, a separate brand that would be Keto Chef maybe, or Vegetarian Chef, or other things that I wanted to do, or Philosophy Chef, right? Whatever it is, but my other interests could branch out into other particular brands. And so I sort of went through this. And so my trajectory now is Jade Tita, who also has Time Millionaires, um, which is not an active brand right now, but um, I will refer you to that. Actually, I'll do it now. For those of you who want sort of, it's an older brand, but a lot of the stuff is still really uh, sort of relevant for what we're talking about. So if you go to timemillionaires.com, uh, timemillionaires.com, there's a free course there for you. And basically that brand is just to gather leads right now. So that free Time Millionaires course uh, basically uh, was done, I don't know, it's going on 10 years ago now and it taught sort of the basics of internet business. And a lot of that is still sort of valuable. So that brand is still still there. But Jade Tita has several different tentacles out there. Next Level Human is a Jade Tita brand. Time Millionaires is a Jade Tita brand. Metabolic Effect was a Jade Tita brand. I guess now that's Metabolic. You know, it's not completely my brand because I have business partners there. But you kind of get my point that when you're thinking about this right off the bat, you want to be thinking about creating a brand that gives you um, enough uh, depth and breadth not to pigeonhole you. And so you also want to begin looking at once you have this brand, you want to be very careful that you are speaking the language that makes sense to people. Right. Like, for example, one of the first things that happens and it really should happen before you have a brand, by the way, before you even think about a brand, you really want to think, you know, all right, what is the problem I'm solving? And I do think this is the biggest mistake that a lot of people make when they start thinking about bringing a business online or into the Internet space. They, they instead of thinking what the problem they're solving is, they go, I'm interested in this. This is what I do, and therefore I'll start a brand around it without ever understanding what is the real problem that they are solving. As a matter of fact, I think this is one of the reasons why self-development, personal development companies really miss the mark because they don't always um, focus on what is the problem that I'm solving. In a sense, if you say, well, I'm solving the lack of purpose, that might be true for you, but a lot of people would not say that in that way, right? And they don't think about they need purpose. They think more about I need money and I need to get fit and I need a lover or a husband or a wife, right? And so personal development oftentimes does not have a very defined uh, sort of problem that they're solving. It's more amorphous. And so you want to get very clear on what is the problem that I'm solving, once you sort of think about what that problem really is, right, whatever it is, what is the problem that I'm really solving? Then you want to go, well, is that a problem that a lot of people out there are interested in and I can make money at? And do I need to adjust the way that I talk about this? Or can I make money talking about it the way I talk about it? Or am I going to have to come at this from a different way? Because once you settle on a brand uh, and once you settle on um, a particular handle, let's say, like, you know, at Jade Tita or at Next Level Human or any of this kind of stuff, and you have the problem that you're solving, out of that flows the customer that you're after oftentimes. So when you think about it, uh, this is this comes from a conversation I, I, I've been having with a couple friends of mine, but I'll use one example in particular. When you think about self-development, right? Most people who are interested in self-development talk about it in a particular way. And so they talk about self-development in um, several different ways. Some are a little bit new agey and mystical with it. Others are more philosophical with it. Others are more religious with it, right? And so you have to understand who am I really talking to? Am I talking to these metaphysical types? Am I talking to the philosopher types? Am I talking to the religious types? And right away, you, you may not even be aware that if you're in the self-development world, religion Christianity, Islam, Judaism, all these are partly, they not partly, they are absolutely your competition in a sense. 
And so you need to understand who am I actually talking to? What language do they use versus what language do I use? And one of the best ways to do this, by the way, is simply go on Google and type in the different stuff that you are sort of working with and the language that you use and the problem that you're solving. Type in, right? Like if I was just like, I, I went into the weight loss industry sort of early on in my career. So I talked about that as fat loss for a long time, way before people were talking about it. I talked about it as hormonal weight loss for a long time. Um, but people weren't using terms like fat loss back then, and they weren't using hormonal weight loss, and they weren't talking about that kind of stuff. And I made a big mistake by not understanding the language that they were actually using. And so you want to go and see the language they were using is how to lose 10 pounds. The language that they were losing is what should I eat if I want to get ready for my high school reunion, right? The language they were using is what workout is best for weight loss. And all of this stuff is basically categorized inside Google in search queries. And so what you want to do at first is go in and begin searching the, the language that you're using and seeing what else comes up, right? Seeing what people are talking about and seeing the connotations that people have with this and the type of human you're going after. If you're using a term like fat loss, one of the things I realized right away that I was I was inadvertently going after a very small segment of very advanced research nerds in the realm of health and fitness who understood the distinction between weight loss and fat loss. And so I really couldn't use fat loss, but at least if I'm running ads and I'm talking to people, I really wanted to use weight loss. That was a huge category. Of course, then I wanted to talk about weight loss in a different way. And so what I learned was that I had to speak about weight loss to attract the fish, so to speak. But then I could use other terms like fat loss and hormones and things like that to keep them around and get them interested. Versus if I used something like hormonal fat loss right off the bat, I never attracted anyone. And so this is how you need to be thinking about this. You need to think about what's the language to attract people and then what's the language to keep their interest. Usually the language to attract people is not going to be the way you talk about things. And this is why you're not getting a lot of customers. But the language to keep people is going to be your unique language. And this is a distinction that people uh, need to understand, that we all need to understand. To attract people, you need to be using their language. By the way, you can use all kinds of things to do this. Google is great for this and it's free. You can use Google Keyword Tool. You can use, uh, if you, you can use SurveyMonkey. They have things where you can actually send out surveys. You can pay to have, to send out surveys to particular segments to learn how people talk about particular things. Like if you wanted to understand what, what are people's relationship to philosopher? What do they think when they hear philosophy? It is it, is it, a good connotation, a negative connotation? What is it that people think when they think about self-development and personal development? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? How are they talking about it? How do they understand purpose and meaning and all this stuff? When they are searching on finance, what are they actually searching for? Are they talking about, are more per people searching for how to earn more money? Are more people searching how to save and invest more money? Or are people searching more on managing money? These are all things you need to understand as you settle on a brand. And then your brand should immediately help once you settle on the name of the brand or the focus of the brand, it should immediately tell you what and tell your, your person exactly what it is that you do in a way that doesn't really leave much ambiguity. I learned this sort of the hard way, metabolic effect left some ambiguity when we just called it metabolic effect. But however, when we had ME metabolic effect, so now we had me, you know, the logo was a, was a me with the term metabolism there. Those two together basically said, oh, this must have something to do with helping me find my individual diet. But I realized that wasn't as good. It certainly wasn't as good by the time I came around to time millionaires. When I say time millionaire, of course, you immediately get what that is. You know what a millionaire is and you know what having time like a millionaire is. I would argue, and part of the reason I came up with this brand, Time Millionaires, because my thing was that people don't really want 
to be millionaires necessarily. Of course they do, but that's not what they really want. The problem that they really want is they want their own, they want to be, they want freedom. They want time. They want, they don't want to work for other people, right? So I started thinking about what's the real problem here. The real problem is not that people don't have millions because, because when you really talk to people, they would say, well, I don't want to be a millionaire if it means I have to work 80 hours a week. You know, that's not what people want. People think that having millions gets them time freedom. So I fooled around with this. I was like, oh, they want time freedom. Uh, time millionaire. Everyone knows what that is and everyone knows they want that. Same thing with next level human. In a sense, you know exactly what that is really in a sense. you Well, at least you know you want to be one, right? It's basically a human who's a better version than your current self. And everyone wants to be a better version than their current self. And so this is kind of how you want to be thinking about your brand. You want to understand how do I, what problem am I solving? What language are the people who need that problem solved using? Then I will use that language to attract them and then have a uh, and hopefully that language is right there inside my uh, brand name. And then I will use my own particular language or my own unique way of coming at this to hook them. Right. And so this is kind of how you want to be thinking about this. Most people do it exactly the other way. They go, well, this is my interest right now. And here's the way I talk about it. So I'll name this according to my interest and I'll name it the way and use all the language according to the way I talk about it to attract people. Well, that's going to leave a very narrow uh, group of people for you to attract. And so if you really want to turn this into a business and make money, you have to think more broadly than that. I'm sorry to break into the show, but I wanted to take a second to cover one of our sponsors and tell you all about Paleo Valley at paleovalley.com. These are the grass-fed sticks that I tell you all so much about that all of my friends know I have on hand constantly. They are in my car. They are at my house. I keep them at my sister's home and my parents' house. I have these things everywhere because they are the simplest, most convenient whole foods protein supplement you can get. Almost like carrying around pure protein, low-carb protein in your pocket. They also, these Paleo Valley beef sticks, are the only, the only 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef sticks on the market. They use organic spices. They are naturally fermented Instead of using nitrates and nitrites that can be a problem in some of these cured meats, and they simply taste fantastic. Check out the original or the jalapeno. Those are my favorites. Please make sure you go over to paleovalley.com and visit. When checking out, use the code next level for a 15% discount. Remember, our sponsors keep the show going by you giving them your patronage and spending your money on these high quality products. You actually do a few things. One, you're helping to support the podcast. And two, you are helping your health. And three, you are making sure that good quality companies like Paleo Valley can be out there doing their business changing the world, making the earth better. One of the things you may not know about this is that grass-fed organic and grass-finished beef is doing something that is so utterly important for our environment, actually helping to repopulate the topsoil. A lot of people don't know this, but our topsoil is being extremely depleted. And raising animals, especially cattle, the correct way helps to get that topsoil back. This is one of the reasons why I love Paleo Valley, not to mention it tastes fantastic, but they're one of these companies, like my other sponsors, Cured Nutrition and Organifi, that are doing the right things by the environment. I really appreciate everything they do, and I hope you will check them out. Thanks so much. PaleoValley.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. And now, back to the show. It is time to talk about one of our sponsors, our earliest sponsor, Cured Nutrition. 
This is a CBD company. Cured Nutrition is another one of those next level human companies that is doing amazing things in the world. Let me tell you a little bit about one of the things I've been doing with CBD here recently. There is some really interesting research showing that chronic cannabis users, these are people who are smoking marijuana, are actually down-regulating the cannabinoid 1 receptor. Well, guess what the cannabinoid 1 receptor is involved in? Well, it's involved in cravings and hunger. And there is some really interesting mouse research that shows mice given products that lower CB1 or being engineered with a lower CB1 activity actually eat less and are not obese as a result of that. And so I have been experimenting using CBD to lower hunger to down-regulate the CB1 receptor just the way chronic cannabis users tend to be very thin. And it has been working very well. Now, of course, the other thing that I use this for and have used it for, for since day one is uh, Cure Nutrition has a product called Zen that is a mix of magnesium and CBD and some other really nice formulations in there that I use to help me sleep. I have notoriously bad sleep. My sleep still is not perfect, but the Cured Nutrition product Zen has made a big difference to helping me sleep better. And that is just huge. Now, of course, they have other products. They also have a product called Rise, which I do not use, but I have used in the past it is great for those people who like to have a pick-me-up in the morning to focus better. So Zen and Rise are fantastic, but any of their CBD products used for down-regulation of the CB1 receptor to help with hunger and cravings, if you're one of these people who is constantly overeating and on a diet, you find that, hey, when I'm on a diet, I get this crazy sort of hunger and cravings. This may be something you want to check out. So check out CuredNutrition.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. I get a kickback to help us have these discussions on the show. It's a great way for me to be able to do this work. So thank you for Cured Nutrition for that. Of course, Cured Nutrition gets the sale and you get to work with a fantastic company that gets results with their supplements. I hope you will check them out. CuredNutrition.com. Use the code next level. And now let's go ahead and get back to the show. Let's do it. You have to start there, then you can develop the familiar and unique vocabulary that makes you stand out. The best approach is to say something that is already somewhat familiar to people, but say it in a different way. And this is oftentimes confusing for people because people oftentimes when they're green around the edges in business, they think having a great idea that's never been done before is going to make them a ton of money. But the truth of the matter is the people out there in the public who are going to buy this, they don't typically buy or understand brand new ideas. The best businesses and the best ideas have an element of familiarity to them with something unique on top of it. So it's like if you can tell somebody something that they're somewhat familiar with and tell it to them in a different way that they've never heard it described before, you immediately get their uh, attention. So the best ideas are something people have heard before, but never in the way that you're describing it. And so then from there, right, in this brand discussion, you begin to develop an elevator pitch or a hook. And in very simple terms, you might say, well, Jade, I don't, you know, a lot of people struggle with the elevator pitch or the hook. And, and in very simple terms, an elevator pitch is just the easiest way to think about that is just to come up with a very clear statement of something like I am the X of Y. For example, with metabolic effect, it was we are the Sherlock Holmes of the health and fitness world, right? So immediately you understand what that is. So if I'm in an elevator and someone says, what do you do? Well, I'm in the fitness world. Really? Yeah, my business is the Sherlock Holmes of the health and fitness world. We basically help people find what works for them, right? Immediately you get it. My company is Metabolic Effect. The acronym is ME. We are the Sherlock Holmes of the health and fitness world. We help people find exactly what works for them. Right away, people understand what that is, right? They get it. You want to be thinking about that. And the best way to think about it is to get very clear on you are the X of what, right? The X in this formula is I am the X. The X is something familiar of what? 
The why is the area that you make money in, health and fitness, personal finance, personal relationship, personal development, right? So hopefully that makes sense to you. The elevator pitch, I am the X of Y, where X is something that people are familiar with and Y is something that people, well, X is something people are familiar with that is not related to the industry and Y is the industry. And a hook is actually similar, so but but different in a sense. So the elevator pitch is I am the X of Y. The hook is, it's really to get their attention. So a good hook usually follows the formula. You think X, but it's really Y. So with metabolic effect, was um, it was you think it's calories, it's really hormones, or you think harder is better. Actually, smarter is better, right? With time millionaires is you think you want money. What you really crave is time, right? And so this is the hook. Now, um, the other ways you can do hooks are powerful questions or powerful insights, saying things that people go, yes, absolutely. I, I knew that. I've just never heard it said that way. So with next level human, next level humans hook is as a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. So right there is the hook. It begs the question, what are the four jobs, right? And so these are how you want to be thinking about hooks. Hooks are you think X, but it's really Y, or a powerful hook is a question or a statement that begs a question. So when I say, as a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. And then you're immediately waiting, well, ooh, I do? Tell me what the four jobs are. And then I can tell you what those four jobs are, and I immediately get your attention. So what I'm essentially saying here is that this is not just somewhat important. This to me is everything. So this brand discussion I just went through with you is everything. This is something that you should be whiteboarding about, notepadding about, talking to everyone about. This process is a process that no one does. And if you're anything like me and a lot of the people that I run into that I've done business coaching with and stuff like that, they realize along the way through trial and error and bumps and bruises and figuring it out that this is the process. And oftentimes their whole business changes because of this process. And so if you're one of these people who every three months you're trying to revamp your whole business because you discovered something new about the marketplace, the problem you're solving, your ideal client, um, a new way of describing it, you'll keep having that problem, right? You'll keep having a year, two years where you're constantly revamping your messaging because you're figuring this whole process out that I just discussed um, over time instead of doing it all at once. And so from my perspective, this is um, something that you must do in the beginning. I would say that with metabolic effect to really nail this, I worked with John, the guy who came up with metabolic effect for about two months in just conversation after conversation. Luckily, we were friends. He was a family friend. So we came over for dinner a lot and we went out to lunch a lot. And we went for long walks and we were just talking about this stuff constantly. And finally, it began to sort of click. Now, with Time Millionaires, I had had that process. So I sort of understood it a little bit better. And with Next Level Human, I got very clear on it. So with Time Millionaires, and maybe it took me about a month to get there. With Next Level Human, it took me about just a week of really thinking deeply and now, of course, I can do this oftentimes in several sessions, um, several sessions with someone who's starting a business to get very clear. I can tell you this, though. Rarely do I ever come up with, you know, Keto Chef or Paleo Girl or, you know, Vicky Vegan or any of those kinds of things. One of the things that is uh, very clear, especially people who are very green around the edges, and I don't want you to hear this if this is you, it's just me trying to save you time, it's not me trying to be judgmental, but you oftentimes have someone who uses their last name and sort of like, you know, if their last name is more, they'll be like more fitness or something like that, right? And though those are some, sometimes that can work fairly well, but most of the time that also is not the way that you want to approach this. A good brand is not cute. A good brand, it sells itself immediately and gets you sort of leads. And that brings us to the discussion of marketing. And this, this will give you a little bit of an idea of how I have done this. And so 
Um, for me, when I think about uh, business, especially online business, uh, I don't think in terms of followers and I don't think in terms of engagement. Um, I like that stuff. I'm human just like you. So, of course, we want feedback and we love when people are saying nice things and we look and see, oh, who's commenting and how many likes did I get and all this kind of stuff. But those kind of vanity metrics are bullshit in a sense from my perspective because they do not make you money. And I can't tell you how many people I've done business coaching with or had discussions with um, who have huge followings, very big followings and no leads and no dollars coming in. For me, I am all about leads and dollars. So for those who aren't familiar with this terminology, what is a lead? Well, a lead is essentially someone who stumbles across your material and uh, you end up getting a phone number or in this day and age, an email or something like that. So you can text them and you can email them. They're on your email list. They're in your, your text database. They, you own them in a sense. You can't lose them. So a true lead to me is not a follower on social media because you could easily get banned from social media. These people can follow, unfollow. You don't know who's what, right? And so you, you, you don't necessarily know how many people that, you know, followers you have that are actually engaged on a regular basis and how many of them will be buyers. So the way I like to, to talk about this, I like to talk about it as, you know, sort of fishing in a sense. And so we all know what we've heard about. You know, you go out deep sea fishing and you throw bait in the water. You chum the water, right? You get the water all bloody. You're throwing smelly fish in the water so you can attract the shark, so to speak. So to me, that's kind of what social media is or running an ad or something like that. It's basically this idea of let me see if I can attract some attention. And this is where followers and engagements and likes and things like that can be useful because it tells you how successful am I being at chumming the water, right? But a lot of people, um, you can imagine if you are chumming the water for sharks and they're all swimming around and um, then you're, you know, you basically are trying to catch them with, you know, um, a rubber ducky or something like that. They're not going to bite on that. They want, they're going to bite on fish. There's a particular thing that they're going to bite on. And once you hook them, this is analogous to getting the opt-in or the lead. And in internet business, it's normally an opt-in. So if you go to my website, you'll see free courses. You'll oftentimes see me, um, if you go to my Instagram handle or my Facebook handle, you'll see where I have LinkedIn profile. And when you go to those links, it's like, hey, if you give me your email or your text, I will give you this free something. So I get you on my email list. So this is very much like getting you on the hook, so to speak. Now, once I have you go through some of my courses or buy something, that's like me pulling you into the boat. Now I've kind of caught you. But of course, if you're just chumming the water and there's some interest there, they can e easily you know, go away, right? Now, if you catch them on the hook, they can still get away, but you're far more likely if you have a lead, if you have an email, if you have a text, you're far more likely to catch them and have a sale because you can communicate them with them in a different way. And then eventually when they buy, now they are someone who is the real deal. And this is kind of why um, I have approached, rightly or wrongly, by the way, I'm still debating my approach has been um, unconventional in a sense. I in, in everything I do, I like to experiment. Uh, and so I have... Uh, early on, I, you know, when I started my Instagram account, I was late to Instagram. I bought followers with bots. That was a very bad idea. I do not recommend doing that ever. Um, simply because one, Instagram, it's against Instagram sort of policy. It doesn't actually get you any real people. Um, but one of the things it did, did do in a sense is I knew I had, um, interesting content, or at least I thought I did. And I, I kind of had proved that because I built a huge following on Facebook. So what I started to do is say, well, I've got good lures to catch people. I just don't have them yet and they don't see me as useful. So I used sort of this idea of um, 
social proof. So when people come to when you go to an Instagram uh, sort of handle, right, we're talking about Instagram right now because it's one it's one thing that we're all sort of using. But rest assured, Instagram will not be things evolve. This is why I say you want leads, real leads. You want to own your uh, followers. You want to own the emails and own the text. Now, of course, they can always opt out, but you want to own them. You don't want um, Instagram to be able to control that. Not to mention, uh, you know, people end up going to other things. You know, they'll go to Clubhouse or they'll go to Community or they'll they'll end up other places eventually. So you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So one of the things I did notice, though, is that social proof, when you see followers on Instagram, so I'm using Instagram right now just because that's what we're all sort of engaged with, people will see that and be like, oh, well, a lot of people like them, so perhaps I will like them. There's something useful here. And then, of course, if you have good content, then they began to sort of stick around. And I've done this several times. Most recently, I've advertised for followers. And so um, many of you have seen this. Many of my friends comment about this. And you know, they all know I'm very honest about this. So I'll ask, what are you doing? And for me, what I oftentimes will do is I go, this social proof thing has been done well for me because I have learned over time the kind of content that keeps people around. So if I advertise, this would be like uh, running um, certain, getting involved with certain giveaways, um, paying other big internet accounts to uh, give me shout outs and stuff like that. And then people come over and I can get followers very quickly. Now, I usually lose a lot of those followers. But for me, being someone who is very lead oriented, all I'm really measuring is a lot of people will go, well, Jade has like right now I have, I don't know, 130 some thousand followers on Instagram. My real number is probably half that. It's probably 60 to 70. The rest of those were, um, and what I mean by real numbers is my real numbers, you know, in terms of organically, it's probably, you know, somewhere around 50,000, 60,000 followers. Um, the rest of those have been advertised for. My engagement on Instagram is relatively low, very low compared to some other big accounts who have full organic accounts. However, I'm not measuring that on my back end in my business. I'm simply measuring how many leads am I getting and how many new organic followers am I getting, right? So how many more sharks are coming around, you know, chumming the water and how many more of those sharks am I getting into my boat? And so I'm not looking at my engagement and followers necessarily from the point of view of I've got lots of engagement and followers. I'm more looking at did my leads go up? And am I making more money in my business? And indeed, that's what happened. Not to mention, the more followers I have, um, of course, I'll get you know followers whenever I advertise. A lot will go away, but a lot of organic stuff will come on because these organic individuals, you know, followers will go, oh, this guy has lots of followers. Let me see. I'll follow him for a while. Do I like his stuff? I'll stay around. Do I not like his stuff? I'll go away. And this is the way that I look at this. Now, do I recommend doing things the way I do it? No, I think ideally you want all organic followers, right? You want all organic followers. However, I'm just telling you my story. One, so you perhaps don't make the same mistakes. Or two, if you want to go this route, you understand what I am actually doing and what I am actually measuring. I think it is a huge mistake that people make to focus on followers and engagement and what how many followers they have on Instagram and this and that. I'll tell you a funny story about that. My Metabolic Effect account, I built organically, never advertised for one follower on Facebook to 120 some thousand individuals. When Instagram sort of took off and when Facebook changed its algorithm, only like 10,000 of those people were seeing that. And so those numbers really didn't matter. We've seen the same thing happen with Instagram. So we have to be careful to get involved with these vanity metrics. As you can tell, I'm not necessarily concerned with these vanity metrics. I don't care that I have 130,000 followers. Um, I'll tell you right now, most of them aren't real. Half of them aren't uh, organically uh, gotten. Most of them are were advertised for and most of them are ghost followers. Half of them are ghost followers. They don't really like my stuff. They They followed me to uh, you know, get in on a contest or something like that and then just forgot about me and don't check Instagram that much. However, from that, I did get individuals, a certain percent, where it raised my leads, it raised my back end dollars, and I'm also getting more organic 
chum sharks coming around my boat as a result of that. So from my perspective, I go, that was a good business decision for me. But I also have the luxury of proving a lot of my content and understanding what my content is doing. I don't think I would ever recommend anyone do this. I probably won't do it again, by the way, um, because I'm seeing that it's having some diminishing returns um, in terms of leads and stuff like that. And I also am starting to become aware that Instagram is starting to look down upon this stuff. So I probably won't be using this again, but hopefully you're understanding that marketing wise, people make that mistake. And there are business coaches out there who are simply just teaching people to get more followers. That does not give you leads and dollars. You want leads and dollars when you are thinking about a business. Now, you might say, well, Jade, how do I get the lead? Well, you give something away for free, something powerful, right? And so it's kind of the way I think about this is that, you know, I love Whole Foods. I go to Whole Foods a lot. You know, some, some people go to Costco. We go to different places. And whenever we're walking around the grocery store frequently, there'll be someone there giving out samples, right? And, you know, I'm, my father is funny because my father always... Like he tries every sample, doesn't matter. He loves, you know, loves trying samples. And he frequently will buy that stuff if he really likes it. He's like, oh, those are good. And several of those items, I know now he's just a regular purchase of certain kinds of chips and certain kinds of um, pistachios and different things that he tried as a sample, bought, took home, and then started buying. This is the way we want to be thinking about our opt-ins. We want to provide people sample material that they can take home, chew on, and then be like, I really like this. This was useful for me. So this is why you got to understand the problems and the suffering that people have so you can give them real solutions. So, for example, with Metabolic Effect, one of the things I gave away for, for free was this label reading tool, how to read a label for a fat loss so that a food will keep you uh, full and hungry. So how to choose foods that won't trigger cravings and keep you full for longer. And it basically was a very simple formula of you take the carbohydrates, total carbohydrates, you subtract out the fiber from that. And that should be within 10 of protein. Negative numbers are the lower the number, the better negative numbers are best. This was a huge thing that people loved, right? So I was just like, Hey, get my free, you know, learn how to, uh, Choose foods, any processed food that will help you stay full and cravings. Put your email in here and it's something they can use right away. So once they get that, this became so powerful, people would pass it on and people would be like, oh my God, this is, I use this every day now. It was also in my book, my first book, Metabolic Effect Diet that I wrote back in 2010. But it was a very powerful, usable piece of information that I could give for free to make people fall in love with me. From there, now they were on my email and I could start sending them stuff and saying, here's some other stuff. Here's a workout. Here's a, a type of diet. Here's the way you want to look at this. You might be interested in buying this. And then a freak, you know, those people, that was one of my best lead generators. And it also was from there, one of my best ways to get people into an offer and purchase a course out of that. And so in addition to defining your brand, you also want to have these very powerful giveaways that solve a problem for someone immediately if possible. Just like a sample, at, a delicious ice cream sample at Whole Foods that is so good you buy the whole pint, that is so good you start buying that pint every time you go back to Whole Foods. This is the way you want to be thinking about this. This is why leads to me are powerful because I know if I'm getting a ton of leads, then I have very good uh, solutions for people and a certain percent of those will go on to buy. And now I actually have a business. Social media is just to, for me, it's simply to prove ideas. I like to experiment with certain ideas to see if people are paying attention or if I'm speaking their language, if they're interested in sort of what I'm putting out. Um, it also helps me sort of chum the water to get some attraction. And by the way, one of the things I do is uh, once I find some kind of organic content on social media that is doing really well, that's what I run ads to. So you can imagine you don't want to run ads to things that haven't been proven. I use my organic content to see what's popular, what resonates, and then I run ads to that. And then I create an opt-in offer or something free out of that. Right. So let's say I put a content together like I know one of my 
um, biggest pieces of content, one of my uh, organic content, and I post it all the time, probably once a month, but it basically has a picture of a donut and a picture of a chicken breast side by side with 300 calories on each. And essentially I say, you know, the, the whole thing there is that this donut is 300 calories and this uh, chicken breast is 300 calories. Then I say, we all know we can eat five donuts. You probably couldn't eat five chicken breasts if you tried. Why is that? The reason why is because food isn't just about calories. It's also about hunger and cravings and the hormones around that. If you want a free guide to hormonal eating, enter your you know, um, email here and then I sell a course on that. And so the idea is using social media to prove your content, to um, refine your marketing language and then create free giveaways based off that and courses based off of that. This is a very different sort of approach. And of course, when you start to do this, one of the best ways to think about this is to really come up with your own unique frameworks. I've kind of become, at least people always ask me, how do you come up with these frameworks? And inside Time Millionaires at timemillionaires.com, if you go there, there's a whole course I did on, I called it Idea Bootcamp how to come up with frameworks and interesting ways of talking about things. So people oftentimes say, you know, I, I love your stuff, you know, where it's like, you know, soup, salad, scramble, shakes and stir fries, keeping your schmeck in check. The four P's of uh, metabolic individuality, psychology, physiology, personal preferences and practical circumstances. I'm always coming up with frameworks. And so you really want to be thinking about this when you are marketing. In fact, I have a formula I use when I market and it, and this basically follows me through most of my stuff and it goes hook, story, framework, solution. S-H-S-F-S, right? Hook, story, framework, solution. And whenever you're marketing online, you kind of want to have a powerful hook, right? Hopefully your brand itself is a powerful hook. Time Millionaires is a powerful hook all by itself because it begs a question or it immediately sparks something in you. Time Millionaire, I want to be that. Next Level Human is also by itself a hook. Next Level Human, I want to be that, right? But remember, hook is basically, you know, this idea, you think it's X, but it's really Y or a powerful question or insight or um, something that makes you want to go, I want to learn more about that. Now, from there, you tell a story to get people emotionally attached, right? So I might say something like, you think it's calories. It's really hormones. I had a client, her name was Sarah, and when she learned to use this very simple technique of reading labels, she immediately realized that the reason she was overeating calories is because her hormones were not balanced. What if I could teach you a way in which you could read food labels that allow you to stay full and be without cravings. If you're interested in that, I have a unique solution for you, right? And so right away, I'm getting people interested. Now, if I really want to um, focus on this, whenever you're telling the story, you want to ping people's pain and paint a promise. So ping the pain, paint the promise. So inside the story, I might say, Sarah was struggling. She was always hungry. She's always on the run. So she had to eat, you know, unprocessed foods. She couldn't cook. She beat herself up because, you know, she felt like she was failing herself because she was lazy and didn't cook, but she was so busy. So you can feel sort of her pain, right? You're just like, wow, Jade, I have that same, uh, you know, sort of problem. So I ping the pain, help you relate to it. Then I paint the promise. But what if there is a way you could eat uh, processed foods and find healthy processed foods that actually helped you eat less and better overall, right? That's painting the promise. And so I ping the pain, I paint the promise inside of the story. And then I teach a particular framework. Like maybe I would say something along these lines. When you eat foods that are rich in protein, fiber, and water, or what I call PFW, you are able to feel full for longer and stay full for longer. Some processed foods have plenty of protein, fiber, and water, but how do we spot them, right? And then I offer the solution. I have a free label reading tool. And so when you're thinking about 
your content. You eventually want to think about it as hook, story, framework, solution. Now, sometimes it's hook, framework, solution. Sometimes it's story, framework, solution. But many times it's all of these. But you definitely want, in my opinion, two or more of these elements. You need. You can sometimes do it with framework solution. You can sometimes do it with a hook and a framework. It's best always when you do hook story framework solution. I sometimes forget the story part, but whenever I'm doing my long, you know, sort of uh, funnels where I'm selling a big course inside those emails that I'm sending to try to sell to my leads, I'm always telling a powerful sort of story. And so to me, this is how you want to be thinking about your branding and your marketing. You need to spend an awful lot of time thinking about what is my problem that I'm solving? What is the name of my brand that conveys that immediately? How, what is my elevator pitch and my hook? What am I doing online in the first place? You know, you know, do I want followers and engagement or do I want leads and dollars? You want leads and dollars. These should be the things that you're measuring your progress with. So I know that some of the, you know, iffy things that I've been doing in terms of, you know, my social media profiles and stuff like that, I know they've paid dividends because my leads and my followers have gone up. I don't care about my engagement and my comments and my followers, uh, you know, on, uh, uh, you know, social media, my leads and my dollars. I think I misspoke leads and followers. No, leads and dollars is what you want, not followers and engagement. So if my leads and dollars go up, I don't care what's going on so much with my followers and engagement. I use those more to, you know, um, prove and practice and understand the language and refine my approach. And then when I find something that works organically, then I can run ads to that. The whole point is to get leads and then sell them. And part of what I'm doing there is hook, story, framework, and solution. And by the way, I'll say one more thing before we end here. One of the great things about coming up with frameworks is that when you have a framework, you have a solution that you can really, really teach that's powerful, right? So if I tell you protein, fiber, and water, I can tell you that framework and say, this is the best thing for hormonal nutrition, let's say. And then I could teach you all about water, let's say, the easy one, or all about protein. But you know, because I've told you it's protein, fiber, and water, you know there's other elements there that I can teach inside the program, right? And so, by the way, soup, salad, scramble, shakes, and stir fries, they are an a, uh, extension they're a framework on top of a framework because they're all rich in protein, fiber, and water. And so the course would expand on that framework and say what you really want is to eat 90% of your meals as soup, salad, scramble, shakes, and stir fries. So you see what we're doing here. You want to get very clear on your brand. You want to get very clear on your opt-ins and lead generation apparatus. And you want to know why you are doing what you're doing. And this begins to allow you to... Um, Make a difference and start building a brand without pigeonholing yourself and without revisiting this time and time again, month after month, you know, trying to revamp your whole business because you're not getting leads and followers. And so you need to settle and say, what language, what problem am I solving? Who are those customers who need that problem solved? Right. Um, what is the language they are speaking? From there, I go, does my brand speak their language? Does my brand name speak their language? Number one, um, am I conveying through my elevator pitch and my hook that I actually have an interesting solution? And then am I really measuring the right things? And is the content I'm putting out and the ads I'm running, are they actually um, pushing people into my funnels? Now, at a future podcast, because we're going to end right here, but at a future podcast, I'll try to remember to go through how to do some of these sales funnels. But let me give you um, a couple people who I think are um, people who I'm very close to or who are very good at teaching different elements of this. Obviously, Jill Coleman, who's my ex-wife and a very close friend of mine, um, at Jill Fit, she has a whole business course that teaches individuals how to, she mainly teaches you how to build a following online. And then uh, she, she basically teaches you build this following online and here's how you get leads and followers, right? And then um, my good friend, uh, and I actually think she's the, the absolute best at this, uh, is Nicole Spencer. And let me just make sure I got her handle right. 
Jill is at Jill Fit. Um, Nicole Spencer is, um, let's see, Nicole.authentic.conversion. Now, Nicole, when I met Nicole, she's making about $10,000 a month, not bad, in her internet business. Within three years, she now is grossing $2 million. And she, a lot of people talk a lot of numbers inside, but I knew her uh, and we dated for a while. We're still also very, very close. And, and actually, we just went out for uh, her birthday here recently. And she is killing it. And she is um, one of these people who teaches you how to build a back end business, strategy, systems, scaling. Um, so a lot of people fall really flat because if it doesn't matter that you can get leads and followers if you can't convert them into sales. So obviously Nicole is authentic conversion and Nicole does all of it. So if there was just one of those that you were just like, I really want to get into this. Um, Nicole is fantastic. She's taught me a ton. Jill also is a master at helping you turn followers into leads and dollars. And so I'm going to stop right there. I hope this was useful for you. It's one of the you know first times or now, I know I've talked about it a few times before, but we don't often talk about the finance entrepreneurial stuff. So I hope this was useful for you and you got something out of it. Thanks so much for hanging out on the Next Level Human podcast and I will see you at the next show.